You have arrived at your destination. AEW to pick up Rusev. Uh, why? Why wouldn't you? I, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't. But <laughs> it's like, I think the what? two guys out of that whole bunch, if you were going to just pick two that'll go to AEW, it's Zack Ryder and Rusev. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that'll give you I, like an ultimate baby face and an ultimate heel. I feel like Kurt Hawkins is going to be the dark horse out of that whole group. Um, I feel like know, he'll go. Uh, somewhere. Uh, the thing about Kurt Hawkins is that, like, you know, honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he took a couple of years to just run his wrestling school and raise his kids. His kids are really small. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and he lives in Jersey, and it's not really convenient for, uh, you know, like, if, if they're going to be going West Coast and stuff like that, you know, you really start chewing up days and everything. So, uh, I don't right. know. I, I, I definitely think that Hawkins can go wherever he wants. Right. He's a great hand. You know, he's he's a great wrestler. He's very funny. And yeah, he he took a gimmick of where he never won and got over (laughs) and got over with it. Yeah. When was the last time a job guy got over because they never won? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) But we'll leave all the rest of this for under uh, the ring after the show. It's true. I believe I do have an answer for that question which is Barry Horowitz, but that was the last time. I have a uh, uh, I have a cup with Barry Horowitz on it. Oh, do you? That's cool. Yeah, it was uh, from uh Bojangles. They did nice. a uh, an NWA uh crossover thing back in the 80s and uh, Russ, fan of the show, uh mm-hmm. so gave me the full set that he had sitting around so it was like a Ric Flair cup. Uh, nice. and Dusty Rhodes and uh, the Road Warriors and Barry Horowitz. Nice. I don't know how Barry Very Horowitz, cool. you know, like uh, over Magnum TA, over all these other, you know, like Arn <laughs> Anderson, all these other guys. It's like Barry Horowitz. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, yeah. but I don't know how that goes down, but it did. Bojangles so. loves a jobber. They loves a good jobber, man. All right. Uh, but that's it for the under the ring part of the beginning of this thing and stay tuned to the end if you want to hear more about bad wrestling bad wrestling let's talk about uh video games hoss because it's time for the video struck podcast it is where we talk video games and what's the game we're talking about today it's resident evil resident, 4. resident evil foe um yes we've we've talked about this a few times because you played through the um uh the remakes of two and three um, and they were sort of stylized in the in the version in that sort of Resident Evil Four version. Not only that, but this game sort of picked up that entire you know revolution of how games even operate. Um, yeah. So like post um, 
so like Resident Evil Code Veronica really adopted a lot of the like more action focus of something uh, like Dino Crisis that Capcom was also making at that time. A lot mm. of the like instead of static camera angles, because they actually had 3D environments, they had they could have basically the camera be on a rail that would run with you down the hallway and stuff instead of just having to constantly flip camera angles like they always did. Mm-hmm. Um, but Resident Evil 4 brought with it the the modern control uh, scheme that, uh, you know, that has been iterated on uh, in all future entries after that, with with the exception of seven, which is their next drastic departure. Um, but still holds dear a lot of the stuff, uh, except for like the camera angle, but it does keep a lot of the control. Uh, mm. You know, it's, it's, it's still informed by that. Uh, but yeah, right. so I beat Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3's remakes, and I got bored, and it had been several years since I'd beaten Resident Evil 4, and the last time that we talked about Resident Evil on this podcast for like our retrospective, um, mm-hmm. we only got up to Code Veronica. And we right. were putting off talking about four. So uh, that's right. I sat down and I bought the ultimate HD edition for the PC. Because mm-hmm. um, I had an older port of Resident Evil 4 that uh, is rough. Um, right. And they had the ultimate HD edition for like four bucks. So I'm like, well, rather than play something that, you know, wouldn't support 4K and all this with my setup would be a hassle to wrangle with. I was like, <laughs> I'll just spend four bucks to not have a headache. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, me smart with money. Smart. Uh, went ahead and bought that. And uh, yeah, I, I played it over the last couple of days and I thought it was a good time for us to return and talk about four uh, because it had been several years since I'd beaten it. And uh, that game holds up better than you think. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> it's hard to get your hands on it first. I will say that. We'll, we'll talk about the game more later. But I will say, if you're going to sit down with it for just five minutes, you're going to go, man, that game hasn't aged well. <laughs> about 20 minutes later, after you, like, you know, once you get to the town conflict at the very beginning where right. you know, everyone is freaking out before the, uh, uh, the church yeah. bell rings, uh, mm-hmm. by the end of that conflict, you don't even notice it, the look of it anymore. You don't notice a lot of the weirdness anymore. It's just, yo, this game is intense. Right. Uh, yeah. An intense game indeed. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that later on. Uh, for right now, we want to talk a little bit about the news that's coming out, um, which is uh, the Last of Us ending, uh, Last of Us 2 ending uh, leaked. So yeah, be careful out there. Um, be careful. <laughs> I have avoided uh, like so. I basically just kind of put the internet on lockdown, um, and just avoided any kind of forumy sort of places. I'm not looking at any of the comments on any Twitter posts or anything like that for uh, any of this kind of stuff because people will be assholes and drop it in there. Um, right. And you know, I'm actually not going to get to play The Last of Us for a little while. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to try to stay as pure as I can because uh, I'm getting ready to move and everything. It's not a good <laughs> I swear, if I pulled a fucking PlayStation out of a box right now and started hooking into a TV, I think my wife would strangle me. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? We are moving. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? We are moving right uh, now. <laughs> but yeah, that actually dovetails into our next story. They uh, they finally got around to reannouncing the launch mm-hmm. dates for The Last of Us 2 uh, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So yes. they've they've given us final dates. So June nineteenth, 
uh, is now when you're going to be able to get your hands on The Last of Us 2. Uh, and July 17th is when you'll be able to get uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's two really heavy hitters yeah. uh, that are basically right back, uh, back to back with each other uh, to end this generation. Sony does a, they do a lot of 11th hour sort of stuff uh, mm-hmm. near the end of their generations. Like, you know, the PS3 was out when God of War 2 came out and, you know, the last of us one came out the spring before the PS4. And, uh, you know, they, they like doing this, like, you know, all right, here, here we go. It's a send off, but, uh, this feels like even more of an event with, it's just back to back games right next to each other. Uh, also it kind of shows that both of those games had, I wouldn't say rough development cycles, but they definitely didn't come out on time. Uh, yeah. So it's either we push these things onto new hardware, uh, or you get it out the door now. So yeah, right. So yeah, there we go. And the nice uh, thing is, even if you're somebody who has uh, maybe already packed away a PS4, um, the uh, the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible with all this stuff. So right, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Then it'll yeah, be like, and part of me thinks that uh, I'm pretty sure that both of these games are going to be, uh, you know, enhanced for the new console. Uh, I think I might actually wait to experience them both to when I get my hands on a PS five in November. Yeah. Uh, just cause I don't know, this summer I'm going to be really, really busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I always seem to be able to jam stuff in here anyway. So I'll hook the PS four pro up probably and go ahead and crank through these. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. So dealing with a move and everything is always going to eat up a lot of time. But Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'd assume that the rest but, of this year is going to fucking fly by for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, after, the, after the slow month that was April. Jesus. Oh, my uh, God. It was uh, the last cr- 45 oh. days ever since our house went on the market uh, oh. have been. Uh, what a crawl. <laughs> fucking. I've been nearly psychotic. <laughs> nearly quite yeah. you know my wife Not on the other quite. side of the state she, she's yeah. had three different jobs in the last 45 days it's been uh yeah. it's been a, a humdinger but uh everything's working <laughs> out man you know it's it's the sign that just you know as long as you're patient yeah you know, yeah uh things can and will work out Indeed. So. Yes. Yeah. A little bit of patience, a little bit of hard work. And yeah, you yeah, get we're, through it. We're incredibly it's grateful good. in this house. So. That's good. It's good. Uh, another thing uh, to talk about is Hellraiser series. Yeah, this was just uh, a fun one. On, on HBO? Yeah, it just got announced today. HBO announced yeah. that they are putting out a Hellraiser television series. Yeah. Fucking yes. <laughs> That's right up your alley, I feel like. So I love horror yes uh you know i don't i feel like over the course of the last like five years um i've watched less and less of it because like a lot of the more schlocky fare uh i i don't really have any interest in anymore but like you know stuff like it follows and midsummer and get out and us yeah like there's been really good creative high quality horror here yes. recently and you know I, I thought the ash versus the evil dead tv series was fucking fantastic yeah a lot of people uh, love that that was awesome it was so mm-hmm. fun 
And it was just, it was the most relaxing Sunday night I could possibly have is just, I'm going to watch Bruce Campbell be weird for, you know, <laughs> 60 to 90 minutes every Sunday night, you know, for 15 weeks a year. It was fantastic. Uh, I understand <laughs> why you don't pick that show back up for further seasons, but uh, it was a great send off for that character. Well, my favorite series of horror might be Hellraiser. Yeah. Even though I fully acknowledge 60% of those movies are bad. <laughs> I just, I think the universe is fucking cool. Right. Uh, the lament configuration, the puzzle box is fascinating. I love right. the, the doors that it opens. Uh, I love the Cenobite design. Some of the later ones, uh, maybe not as much as others, like the dude who shot CDs because it was the 90s. Um, <laughs> you know, some of these are going to be misses. Uh, right. You're not going to hit like, everything. Yeah. I Is it Don Bradley that plays Hellraiser? I believe so. Dan Bradley? Uh, yeah. Something uh, like that. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, as Pinhead, uh, I, I just I, I love those movies. So like in HBO has not done like, you know, the, pretty much every other network nowadays has made a hell of a lot of money making a, you know, kind of campy, fun horror series. Right. You know, like American Horror Story is on its what, like 10th season? Yeah, it's still going, I think. And, yeah, and continues to be more popular than it was in previous years. You know, that was a, a show that, like, I remember when I watched the first season when it came out, I thought, well, that was cool, but there's no fucking way that'll get renewed. <laughs> and then the second season came out, and I was like, oh, that was maybe not quite as fun. I still enjoyed it, but there's no fucking way that gets renewed. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, here we are, years later. Right. You know, yeah. There have been some seasons of that show I've liked more than others, but... Uh, the nice thing about that show where it basically it effectively reboots in a separate parallel universe every season. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the same actors, different characters, yeah. different core conceit of the plot. It's like, if you don't mm -hmm. like this season, just come back in a year. Maybe you'll like that mm -hmm. one. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I always thought that was super cool. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about a Hellraiser series. So, yeah. Yeah. Apparently Coven had the highest rated season. That was season series three and that's the one uh, i hate yeah that's the one you hate that's the one that i watch the most of i think i hate that um one. yeah i don't know uh, well I, here's the thing uh three got such good ratings because they added uh what's her name uh kathy bates kathy bates yeah, that's when they brought bates, her in man. that was also the season that had what's her name that sings for that uh band that sucks did the yeah <sighs> the one that's kind of <laughs> like the eagles that sucks yeah <laughs> i know what you're talking about the black Eye or the um the lady who kind of sings like this. Yes, that, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, like uh, was that John Fogarty and the Fun Time Band. What, what is that band called? I, I couldn't tell you. There's uh, no way I could even tell you. Tootin' Common so. uh, Juicy Tits. I, I can't think about it. <laughs> not uh, I, 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 it's not Tootin' Common Juicy Tits. They're a good band. I, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy them. I own all their stuff on vinyl. I, I own all their stuff on vinyl. Only on vinyl. You have to. You have to get it on. You have to get it on Sanskrit. That's like the better type in here. Anyway, yeah. uh, moving on. Then an album named uh, Rumors. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, okay. Hang on. Let me. Let, I, this is gonna kill me. I have to Google this. Okay then. Uh, uh, 
Fleetwood oh. Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Okay. So who's Got the it. chick who sings for Fleetwood Mac? Uh, that would that would be Nikki or uh, um, uh, crap. Um, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. There you go. She was yeah. in Coven. <laughs> she was in Coven. I didn't know she that. was. Didn't she know was Stevie. Like the, yeah, she was one of the uh, the rogue witches that yeah. had broke off of the Coven. So yeah, like there, there's gotcha. a lot of good stuff in there. But like yeah, like horror TV has been on the come up, and HBO has really high production values. You don't have to spend a lot of money to make a Hellraiser show good though, which right. is nice. Um, because you know they spend a lot of their money on prestige TV that mm-hmm. costs a hell of a lot of money. You mean to tell me with like with the cast that they get for stuff like True Detective or Westworld or any of that stuff that those shows aren't just like astronomically expensive. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they do with Hellraiser. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there we go. And that's it for the news. Uh, we're going to move on to what we've been playing. Haas. What do you been playing? Uh, uh, I played Baba is you. I've been playing that a little bit. That great little puzzle great. game. Great little puzzle game. Absolutely game love it. Great. It's uh, sort of programmery, but uh, I think I talked about it in a previous uh, episode or whatever. I but, don't uh, think you have, but I have played the game. Okay. Um, so maybe I'm just so, conflating that with my own experience, what you that, talked about with it. That could be. Uh, but basically, Baba is You is a puzzle game where you're this little character named Baba, and it's this little tiny little little animal nugget guy. He looks like a little, little piglet, little tiny bug cutesy thing um and you can push stuff around you can push things around this little area but what you can do is you can what's in the areas that you're in is little commands so that are sort of like programming commands so uh basically what you have to do is get uh make sure that that the that what you touch is the ending or to win so typically what you want to do is like get flag to flag equals win basically um so then when you get to the win, you get to you get to the flag, you win the you win the round, you get to the next one. But what you can actually do is you can change those commands by pushing them around. So you can change the flag to being a rock. So then all you have to do is touch the rock and then you win and then stuff like that. It's very interesting. Uh, you can even change the you. So you can you can become a rock or you can become something else that's on the stage if you change the what what you are because uh, you know, you are Baba is you. So it'd be, you know, Baba is rock. So then, or you are rock and then you'd be the rock and very interesting game. Uh, it's hard to explain without actually showing what's going on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ex- basically like if uh, it's user, user defined uh, object permanence, yes. kind of. Yes, exactly. Like it's, uh, it's a very strange experience. I, uh, yeah. I spent some time with it back. Uh, Around Christmas, uh, mm-hmm. I spent some time with it, and uh, and I really like that game. It's one that I probably should go back to. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Baba is You that like I was really surprised with is that like I could rip through like ten stages like nothing, and then you hit one, and you're like, "What the yeah. fuck is this?" Yes, that is precisely it. Yeah, it, it, for for some reason, like there's the when they introduce a new thing, it's like, but then if you kind of go away and you come back, it's exactly. a little bit. It's so much easier. So, you know, it, like it, it, it's very, it's very good with that, you know, sort of like thought process. Cause you'll enter, a, you'll enter a, a freaking level and it's like, 
it's it's like miles long or feels like it, you know, because you start off with just like a few little like, oh, there's a wall here. There's a river here that you can't pass that you have to. Yeah, just easy stuff like that. And then and then you'll just get to these giant mazes that you're just like, oh, um, crap. (laughs) Yeah, like I I, I get to a point with that where I'm like, fuck you. I'll be back. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just just changing the commands of what's on the freaking, you know, game to where you can walk through walls or make something else the goal or, you know, pushing a key through a door or making something else the key because you can change the actual commands of how the game, you know, works, I think is really interesting. Um, There's a few levels where there are several uh, ways to beat it. So that's kind of cool. Very hitman of them, you know. So, uh, but that's what I played. I played some Baba as you, and it's nice. fun. Yeah. So, I uh, before I get into what I've been playing, I watched something. Yeah. I watched an anime. Did you? I did. What did you watch? I watched High Score Girl. Oh, you watched High Score Girl. Okay, gotcha. That's a that's a fun show. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. So. The reason that I watched it is that I I saw someone talk about how they recommended it, and then someone just linked like the opening credits of the show, mm-hmm. and its art style. I, I haven't actually researched this. I'm curious if the people who make who drew this are in some way the same people that draw a lot of the anime cutscenes and art for Persona. Uh, possible. This uh... looks like Persona. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing that's nice about this is that, like, there's not some big evil demon. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not some world-killing thing. Nobody has to uh, hang out with future trunks or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's basically just this girl's into video games and this dude's into her, and they just hang out <laughs> and experience Japan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, very slice of life in a lot of yeah, ways. it's... And- you know, I, it, for the first time, I'm finally understanding uh, you know, outside of my polar bear cafe uh, experience yeah. from a few years ago. Uh, you know, this is I, I'm finally starting to understand how those people I knew in college are like, yeah, this is an anime that I watch. I'm like, all right, cool. So who are they trying to kill? No, they just played tennis. <laughs> what? Wait, huh? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, so who, <laughs> so who's the killer in the tennis uh, league? No, no, no. It's just no, no. They they really need they, to get to the to the finals. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the that that's that's the a whole realm of of anime behind that. The sports anime or the the hobbyist anime. That's a, which is really what this one's more like. But yeah. it's slice of life. It's slice of life stuff that centers around a hobby or something like that. So very yeah, interesting. It's, it's actually quite good. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna steamroll through it i watched like the first four episodes mm-hmm. uh it's kind of one of those things where like uh maybe i'll feel the pull to go back and experience more but like i didn't have anything going on and i was laying in bed yeah i was like cool man uh, i guess i'll watch this thing <laughs> so I, did. I guess i'll watch this i watched that and played some uh uh some puzzle quest the remaster of that on the switch nice which is on sale nice and i recommend puzzle. everyone buy it Puzzle Quest never, I have not played yet. Uh, so if you remember Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords that mm-hmm. came out for the Nintendo DS, the PSP, and eventually the 360, and I think the Wii even maybe got... It ended up going everywhere, but it started off as a DS and PSP game. Right. Um, so it's basically a RPG 
mm-hmm. like a turn-based RPG where you're playing Bejeweled. Right, yeah. And it fucking rules. <laughs> and Very they cool. did a remaster on it where the art looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it plays really good on the Switch. And yeah. it's on sale for like seven bucks. Very cool. And it's incredibly relaxing to play. Like, you know, that's... <laughs> It's just one of those games where like, you know, it's, oh, I can just, and where I'm playing in handheld mode, it's just, you know, if, if maybe in this fight, I I, kind of just, I'm not feeling it right now. I can go ahead and put the system to sleep for a little bit, focus on this TV show for 15 minutes and then I'll come back and I'm still mid battle. You know, I didn't have to turn the system all the way off. You just put it. Right. You know, it's, there you go. That's kind of why I love the handheld switch experience so much. Yeah. I don't have to actually really walk away from anything. I can just go, I'll come back to you in a minute. Yeah, exactly. I get to be that annoyed parent where I'm like, well, you, sir, (laughs) are not pleasing me right now, but I will be back. You're going to need to sit in the corner and I'll go over here. Your Uh, father will be hearing about this. Your father's (laughs) going to hear about this. We'll see when your father gets home. Oh, that uh, I was, always hated that. Fuck. Oh, that was that was the worst. That was the worst threat. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah, so that's uh, kind of that's a couple of things. Yeah, that I've been uh, goofing around with. But I've been playing some more stuff. Yes, you've been playing XCOM. Yes, so I bought the new XCOM Chimera Squad. Yeah, um, it is. I think it's a PC exclusive for right now. Um, mm-hmm. This takes place. I would say I, I don't think they said it in the uh, in the intro. It's I would say fifteen to twenty years after the events of XCOM uh, two mm-hmm. uh, and War of the Chosen and all that stuff. Um, so we're at a point now where humans and alien hybrids are living side by side, right? And like even the mayor of this city. Uh, that's an, so it's not an entire world conflict in this one. It's about this the first integrated city is what this mm-hmm. one's about, right? Um, at least at this stage of the game where I'm at now. Um, and so you've actually got members of your squad that are aliens, right? So you, you've got all the psi attacks and stuff like mm, that that the aliens cool. always had. So yeah, um, this is uh, so if you buy it before I think like May second, um, mm. it's ten dollars. Right. You know, instead of I think it's going to be 20 or 25, but I mean, like it's it's 10 bucks right now. Um, And I think this is kind of their toe in the water of can we streamline our the the current fur axis vision of what XCOM is. Right. Um, Because if there's one thing that I've always kind of put up with, but not loved with this series uh, is that there's a lot of menus. There's a lot of in-between mission stuff. There, you know, the, the amount of time that you actually spend not involved in a conflict is kind of high. Yeah. Um, and half the time, I just want to go do some cool tactical fucking combat. Right. Um, and this seems to be kind of st- trying to streamline that down a little bit. It's very action-y. Um, it's... Uh, there's a lot of like breaching moments where you'll actually breach into walls or breach through doors with breaching charges and that kind of shit um, that are basically like the call of duty, like blow up a door and run in there in slow motion and shoot guys. Right. Uh, so it's like when you breach a door, all th- uh, three to five of your guys that you have that are breaching a single entry point 
um, mm-hmm. get an attack turn immediately because cool. you have gotten the drop on enemies. Right. So, uh, and there's no movement in that stage. It's just when the door breaches, you shoot. Uh, right. So your guys basically take one step into the room. You take your shots. And then after that breach turn, you get to move your guys. Right. So it's it's cool. And it, it adds this like layer of immediacy and action to it that is just fucking fun, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm really liking it so far. Very uh, cool. And if this is kind of just them taking a first step towards what's next for XCOM, I'm excited. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll continue to play some more of that and we can maybe awesome. touch on it in a future episode of uh, how I ended up on it. So awesome. about five missions into it, I'm fucking red hot on it. So who knows? <laughs> it may cool. fall off. I may feel like I'm missing something later on. So we'll, right. we'll circle back around now. I would just say the first impressions for that game are great. And if you're mildly nice. interested at all, it's 10 fucking bucks. Yeah, <laughs> so, there you go. Why not give uh, it a shot? Yeah. Speaking of falling off, uh, let's get on to oh, Turok. Yeah. Turok 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe on oh, our man. notes page, it just says Turok 2 fucking sucks. It sucks. Uh, so, uh, thesis statement, Turok 2 fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, thesis. Yep. Pr- that's, prove your prove your work, Hoss. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I have uh, I have many spreadsheets that I will share with you. Okay, uh, cool. I uh, so the new uh, humble bundle went through, and uh, you know, there's some decent stuff in there this month. Uh, you know, one of the things was like Hitman Two. I gave that to you, um, mm. but you know, there's a bunch of other stuff uh, that. Uh, you know, was available as options in there. One of them being the Turok 2 remaster. Now, uh, keen listeners of the show will know that a couple of weeks ago, um, I'd gotten that for free through uh, the Twitch Prime thing uh, mm-hmm. and played the first one uh, kind of extensively. I ended up like dumping like five or six hours into it uh, and really liked it. Right. Um, but the... Oh, man. Uh, Turok 2 <laughs> is an uglier. Yes. Uh, there's one good thing about the look of that game. Uh, well, when you shoot guys in the head. Yeah. The fountains of blood that come out are hilarious. Yes. Yeah. That, like uh, gr- graphically, it's it's an upgrade from, you know, back in the day, obviously. I don't. It, well, yeah, uh, from Turok 2 proper, but it's yeah. an uglier game. Yes. Than Turok. Agreed. Yes. In almost uh, the, every way. Yeah. The way the way they utilize everything, everything's darker. Um, you know, not not in the <laughs> not in the uh the Prince of Persia 2 kind of way. Oh, not tonally, uh, but, no. Yeah, not tonally, but like everything's just sort of like muddy. Uh the polygons are like like there's more the polygons. Woman that you talk to through the portal. Uh, Oh God, yeah, it's a like. What it, is it, that? So it, it it was during that era of when like they almost had polygonal graphics, like to a point to where it looked good. But there are other character models that spend <laughs> way less time on screen in that game that look way better. She. Yeah. It, so here's the thing: I understand polygon budgets to a certain extent, as much as anybody who doesn't actually makes games probably right. could, right? I understand what pixel pipelines are like and texture pipelines. It, 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 I, I get a lot of this. Right. But the fact that so many other characters 
that spend so much less time on screen and are not like zoomed in all up in frame look better than her is a fucking (laughs) bummer because she is on screen for like a disproportionate (laughs) amount of that game when you really think about it. Because every time you go to one of those big portals where you can go back and get health and ammo and all that shit, Mm-hmm. She's there and she's just talking at you and she is just yeah. like full frame <laughs> and she is hideous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's like alien. So I think that's like, she has like these weird alien eyes and stuff like that. She kind of so. looks like a human puppy hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Or if she looks like, Oh, you know, she actually looks like, she looks like the, whatever you are on uh jet force Gemini. Oh God. <laughs> I, feel like, I hate uh, how much that fucking game comes up on this show. I love how much it comes up. I, I think we should it. talk about it. I think we should always talk about it. There should always be a Jet Force Gemini uh, reference every episode. I'm going to make sure that happens. That's our game that we'll play on the next live stream. There you go. 24 oh, yeah. hours of Jet Force 24 Gemini. 24 hours. We're beating Jet Force Gemini, baby. You can be the, you can be the dog, Hoss. You can be the dog. Great. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's this game is ugly. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's boring. It, it's boring looking. I just it's... wanted to get to the end of the first stage. when I And I stream this. You can actually go back and watch the archive. And at first, I'm like, I'm chatty and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, this seems okay. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's an upgrade from the old one. I still don't think artistically it's anywhere near as good as, you know, uh, base Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Because jungles right. are cooler than old castles, period. Yes. Yeah. They're, they they're cooler are. than. Uh, also, <laughs> I don't like the new enemy design, man. Like, I like when yeah. it was dudes and dinosaurs. This whole, like, weird right. alien furriner bullshit is not my bag. <laughs> I like dudes and dinosaurs, not dudes that are dinosaurs. That's what I say. <laughs> not all these all these damn aliens coming out to take my job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh, man. you know i i really uh not digging uh that game at all it's very yeah. boring i do not like how labyrinthian and twisting yeah. back on itself all the stages are yeah i like i would say 30 minutes of that was just me wandering around going well shit i think i've already been here and it's, a, <laughs> it's got that same kind of issue that i had with the turok remake is that they respawn some dudes so yeah half the time you'll walk down like five hallways going like have i fucking been here i mean there's dudes here oh right. shit i've been here motherfucker you know like <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, a little no. bit of a uh don't play it yeah, you loop back on yourself too much. I remember, like, I remember. I don't really remember like hating that game by any stretch, but I, I remember not. But I remember not finishing it, so I clearly didn't like it that much. Um, and I would even use like the, the 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 full weapons codes and stuff, and you know, and get like the little like the blade that you throw, the like the buzzsaw blade and stuff like that. Like, you know, so that stuff was fun, but it's like. That's about it, you know. It's like, like you said, like doing the kills is a lot of fun, but you know, the kills were fun in the first one, and that's a better game. So play that. Yeah, one. I <laughs> I really really dislike the second one, like in a way yeah. that like I haven't had this repellent of a feeling. Yeah, uh, towards a game in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I what's agree. weird is that going into it, I thought that this was the superior game. That it was that it had just been hampered. Uh, by the performance of the N64 game that was like a frame a second. Right, yeah. But yeah, I thought, it's just because that game ran bad, right? No. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. no. It, uh, inferior design, we'll say that. Absolutely. <laughs> inferior design. 100%. Yeah. Uh, uh, next, let's talk about a game that we both played. Um, yes. 
not recently, but I'm probably going to go play it again just because you brought it up. Um, uh, yeah, you played Greece. Greece. Is that, is that how you pronounce that? I believe it is Greece. Yeah, Greece. G-R-I-S. Yes, uh, another yes. game that came off the Humble. Uh, yeah, sat Greece. down with us last night and ended up spending like three or four hours on it. I, yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah, Greece um, is Chris is awesome. I absolutely love it. Um, so this is basically uh, a side-scrolling, puzzle-solving, watercolor painting video game. Yes. <laughs> uh, is how um, I would describe this. Yes. Um, it is. Uh, so this was put out by Devolver Digital, uh, mm-hmm. who has like kind of quietly become one of my favorite publishers of video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they make a lot of fun, stupid stuff like Shadow Warrior and Serious yeah. Sam. Uh, but they also put out like prestige, uh, small art house games like uh, Hot by Miami and Grease. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff that they put out that I've enjoyed. Like they've got a game coming out soon that looks really awesome. Carrion. Have you seen that? Yes. That's Carrion the game where you're cool. that big monster mm-hmm. thing. Like that looks yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, that does look um, really cool. But yeah, I'm I really love the music in it. Uh, yes, the just the the look of uh, that game combined with the sound of like it going almost completely silent. Yes, and then as a you know the scene is about to change, the music will swell mm-hmm. up and you know, just absolutely if, fantastic. Yeah, if any game is going to remind you of Journey, that's this one. Like it, yes. Uh, I, I I think two D Journey is a mm-hmm. uh, it does not undersell this game. Yeah, not by any stretch. Uh, there's no HUD, which I think is cool. Absolutely, yeah. No you, don't HUD. It, you don't uh, die. You don't die. The thing, yeah. You, the only thing that stops you is like it stops your progress, but you know you don't die at any point. There's no HUD on the top of the world. You basically learn everything through visual cues um some of which are like really like somehow obvious and yet not obvious like i don't know how to explain it but like you know it's like when you get the square ability like i don't know how far you played but like yeah i have that yeah it's which is basically your ground i'm on the green stage so i'm basically like on stage three Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. So the 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 big square ability is basically your ground pound, but you basically learn that by looking at a square. <laughs> it's just like but it can also it, you know it can it can break things, but it can also hold you <laughs> firm if wind swells up. Yes, it can scare the uh, the little paper birds that fly up and stuff, and you know it very cool stuff like just figuring these things out oh, the, the the couple bits of it where you're walking and there's like the white reflection. Uh, below you with all the butterflies and shit like just the yes. visual cues in that game are yes. so good yeah and like that that in itself is a puzzle that you have to figure out and it's just and it's just that visual and oh man it's so cool like so just it, for shits and gigs uh just real quick i brought up devolver digital mm-hmm. um for those of you who may uh have not been paying attention. They've been like kind of weirdly prolific here recently. Okay. So let me just kind of read off a few stuff that they put out in the last few years. The Telus principle, uh, had a full boyfriend, like just, and think back to how many of these I've actually brought up on the show, not even <laughs> knowing did. or paying attention that these were devolver games. They did have had a full boyfriend. I didn't they even did. know that. 
Uh, they might funny. have just published it in the U.S., but uh, right. but this comes out under their label. Ali Ali, Hotline Miami, Hotline Miami 2, obviously. Broforce, mm-hmm. Ronin, Not a Hero, mm-hmm. um, Titan Souls, Dropsy, Stories Untold, Mother Russia Bleeds. Uh, Jeez. Like Downwell, Enter the Gungeon, Exit the Dungeon, High Hell, Strafe. I mean, like, how many of these games have I described as like some of my favorite games here in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's love kind the of insane for them to be this like minute. That other game that I loved last year, uh, Genital Jousting, which is fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> Ape Out. I don't know if I've ever talked about Ape Out on here, but I really loved it. Uh, yeah. The Messenger, that's that game that kind of starts like a Ninja Guide and it turns into oh, something yeah. else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Messenger's phenomenal. Yep. Oh, that game's so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, like just what a. And this is just another in like a. Oh, and they do Heave Ho as well, which I really oh, yeah. love. Oh, uh, Heave Ho. They did Heave Ho. That's one of my favorite games from last year. I absolutely love that game. Yeah. Heave Ho is fantastic. Oh, God, I love that uh, game. Did you ever play that with Sam? Because I told you to play that with Sam. I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. So yeah, good. she uh, yeah. Uh, once I discovered yeah. how to fart, uh, she decided she didn't like that game anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, we, we had a good time playing that game. That's uh, a good time. But yeah, like the uh, so Devolver Digital, like, you know, this is just another in there. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, if you're somebody who needs tons of gameplay out of your game. Mm-hmm. I don't Pro- know that you'll be stimulated enough if like. Truly beautiful visuals and amazing soundtrack. Yes, is not enough and for an experience to carry you in video games. I get it, man. Right. Some people are more about gameplay than anything. Yeah, I don't think this is necessarily going to do that for you. No, probably not. Um, it's 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 not complex by any stretch. It's very mild. It's very, you know, it's very low key. But man, is it beautiful just to look at and play through. Yeah, and last night I was kind of in, you know, one of those moods that I'm sure a lot of people have been experiencing here where, like, you know, days are starting to kind of run together and it's like, it's nighttime, <laughs> I should be sleepy, so I want something that's kind of chill. I don't want to be tense because that's not going to make me want to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, I fucked up and didn't go for a jog today, so I yeah. have too much energy right now. I just need something that's going to be basically the video game equivalent of, like, a sleeping mm. pill. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something that's just going to bring you mellow vibes. This is totally mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Uh, and after playing yeah, it, this for about an hour and a half, I was like, man, I will come back to you later, but I'm going to go get some sleep. Right. If you liked, if you like journey or flower or any of those types of games, it's that. And, and it's a great one of those. So for sure, like I could talk all day about this game. Yeah. I, 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 I fucking love it. I, I'll complete it and maybe we'll uh, give it a little bit more time because like I, yeah, from the sounds of it, I haven't heard the best music and I haven't seen the cool stages yet. Yeah, so right. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. The, the the art design is just where it's at, too. That watercolor painting. Everything's like like hand animated and stuff. Well, and the it's, way oh, that so like good. when you walk into a new stage, the way that it looks like it's almost like right behind the background of the game is like a thin pan of water and they're pouring Mm -hmm. color into it. And it's kind of clouding through things and bleeding color into objects in Mm -hmm. a way that I found like very serene and calming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As someone who is, I I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I don't like (laughs) I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I was, uh, so I was an architecture, uh, major in junior college. Right. So I'm a certified architect and all that kind of stuff. I can do wonders if you give me a straight edge. Right. And you give me a protractor. I can do amazing things on a piece of paper. But if you want me to 
remove my hand from the shackles of those devices, I, I, have, <laughs> I have nothing. Yeah. And I, I accept my limitations as a human being, but sure. it, something about me wanting so bad when I was younger to have that mm-hmm. makes me feel like I appreciate it so much more. Right. Because I understand that like there are human beings that don't have any of this. Yeah. And, you know, I understand there's a lot of honing your craft and all that stuff that goes in there, but there's actually a natural ability that comes with a lot of people too. And uh, I just, I, I respect the art design of this so much. I think it's absolutely, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Even, even if I don't like the main character design. Really? You don't like her? I don't, I don't like her. Oh, wow. I think she's gorgeous. <laughs> I think she's Here's pretty. It's not that I don't think she, I don't <laughs> like her spindly arms and, and feet. Really? I, I get that they designed ah. them that way so that yeah. it explains how she can't grab onto things. Right. Yeah. It did that for, it's why she can't climb on things. It's why she can't grab right. on things. I get I, it. I but will I say. I hate it. I will say, I wish she didn't have the arms. I think she would be just fine with just the legs just and the a cape. Jacket. It just, but it I, just yeah. leave it up to the, you know, yeah. up to the imagination of what's under that coat. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and just leave like the little spindly legs. I think the legs are absolutely gorgeous. Like, I think that's. I think that, under that, she's weight. an insect. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. That's the <laughs> weird. Probably- that's, that's why I think I don't like it is that yeah. under that cloak, I'm like, she's just like a bug under there, right? This she's is, like a bug. She's a bug lady. She's I don't like that like, at all. She's mid-transformation in the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's uh, some some Kafkian horror. Yeah, this is right before she starts tearing all her teeth out, you know? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> some horror ripped from the pages of Kafka, you know? <laughs> this isn't good. But yeah, uh, love that game. Absolutely adore it. And I'm glad you played it. It's uh, Definitely keep playing through. I'm probably going to replay it since we've talked about it now. I'm yeah. probably going to go back and replay the thing. Because it, it can't be while. more than, what, a few hours? No, it's like two or three, I think. I yeah. think it's like two. I think and it's like that's, a that's the nice thing kind of about games like uh, uh, Journey, which I've played through four or five times and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that like it's just, man, uh, I can watch a movie, but I want to have something that's a little bit more interactive right now. This is perfect. Right. Exactly. All right. All right. But that's uh, that's what we've been playing, Haas, uh, which leads us into uh, our ad break of the day. Go listen to this ad break uh, about this other podcast on the DNA Network uh, right now. Hey listeners, this is Joe and Will from Common Creatives. We're a new podcast on the DNN that explores the place of creativity in the lives of artists, musicians, comedians, filmmakers, and creators of all kinds. This show lets us indulge our curiosity about why and how people satisfy their urges to make and create new things. So check out Common Creatives on iTunes, Stitcher, and at DestinationComics.com. back from that ad break which leads us into Haas our topic of the day which is Resident Evil Foe number four yes the fourth game in the series the fourth game ever made of Resident Evil so we not, talked not a true. little bit uh, a few weeks ago about you know some Mount Rushmore kind of stuff for certain franchises and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, once upon a time, when this game came out in January of 2005 for the Nintendo GameCube, yeah. if you'd have held a gun to my head right then, I'd, I'd have said you're you're insane if Resident Evil Four is not on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I played the GameCube version multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I bought it when the PS2 version came out later that year, even though it was inferior in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, because they added that Jill chapter. So you actually got to play as Jill in part of that experience. Right. So uh, I, I dove back in to experience the the added content. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and then they uh, ported this game to the Wii, Mm-hmm. which is one of the most unsung versions of this game. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic way to play that game. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Like the the ability to use the pointer. Uh, I know that we've all kind of gotten over motion controls, but that game feels so natural Yeah, uh, with the motion controls and it just fits. And the way that that game, you know, even to its detriment in a lot of ways, doesn't use the right stick for fucking anything. That control scheme was perfect. Right. Um, so yeah, like the uh Was that Wolf, the what's that sorry, was that the version where they added the Ada stuff in or where yes, did that I come said in? Jill, yeah. I meant Ada. You meant Ada, sorry, yeah. I did. Uh, that, My bad. Uh, that was added in the PS2. Gotcha. That was the PS2 version. Got it. Cool. Just want to make sure. <laughs> sorry, like, I've just played so much Resident Evil 3 lately. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I got Jill on Jill. the brain. You got Jill on the brain, but yeah. Uh yeah, Doctor gotcha. says if they remove her, I'll die. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, so the Wii version for me canonically, yes. uh, was the definitive version there for several years. Um, mm-hmm. they made an HD, um, version of it that they put on, uh, the 360 and PS3. And I think that was when the first <laughs> usable version came out on the, uh, on the PC, that first mm-hmm. PS, uh, PC port from 2005, is an abomination. Uh, it is awful. Um, not good at all. No, it is What's terrible. Uh, it's control scheme is fucked. It didn't have any fucking options. It's just, it's a disaster. It is, uh, it, and it doesn't play well with any semi recent uh, operating systems. It was one of those things. I think it like only supported XP. Like it was, huh. Yeah, like no Windows wow. 7, no Vista, Ugh, no 8, wow. no nothing. That's uh, terrible. It's crazy to think that since 2005, we've gotten uh, so many versions of Windows. Right. You know, even though it feels like now we've been on 10 forever. Right. Uh, and I don't think we're ever going to leave 10. Uh not for probably like the next five or 10 years, but yeah, like, so that was, it's basically that one is held prisoner by an operating system that launched in 2001. And you know what? Right. It can fucking stay there. It's a <laughs> disaster of a game. So yes. they made a port for the PS3, uh, the 360 and the PC. And I'm going to say 2011, 2012. Uh, sure. Uh, right around that era. Um, mm-hmm. is when uh, those ports came out. That's when they also made an HD uh, port of Code Veronica, mm-hmm. um, which was the first time other than the... Uh, first time since the Dreamcast, I think. No, uh, yeah. first time since the PS2, because uh, right. it came out on the PS2, uh, that gotcha. you had been able to play that. Um, yeah. There might have been a GameCube port of it, but like that was those ports were so trash, which is hilarious because they're expensive. Uh, right. Mainly because they were trash, so nobody bought them, which made them rare which makes them expensive, which means people right. now want to buy them, right. which is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because it's still not good. So. Rarity for rarity's sake is the strangest yeah. thing I've ever heard of. Right. Um, 
you know, like that collectors are strange though. Um, yeah. you know, it's just, there's, there's a weird amount of like collectability to something just because not a whole lot of people have it. So, you know, I'll like still, people- and I, I swear I will never understand this until the day that I die. The people that collect mm-hmm. sealed games. Yeah. It is a game. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Or the people who paid what? $1,500 for a buried version of ET. <laughs> like, I bought I think one of those. Did you really? Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I have one. It, it's sealed in oh. site. It's going to hang on my wall. It's cool. Right. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's yeah, I bought history, one out of the auction. Though. I mean, I didn't pay that yeah. much. Mine was right, cheap. Yeah. Mine was like, I liked the one that I bought because it, they actually, when they did the auction, they showed you how yeah. fucked up it was. Like the really right. intact ones are the ones that sold for like really high dollars. Mine's fucked right. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. I, I got one of those just because I had heard that apocrypha my entire life. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And there, yes, it kind of goes against my whole statement of like, you know, sealed games because it's sealed in Lucite. You can't open it. Right. Because yeah. you wouldn't want to but, because it would just smell like trash in your house. Right. But it that was in game's... a dump. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That game was terrible and it got buried in a dump. So, of course, it's sealed in Lucite. You don't. And yeah, like you said, it's like it, it's just a part of history because that was such a. That was such a, a urban legend, and then like, oh no, it was that was true. <laughs> it's hundred percent true. The weirdest true. thing about that that I think still gets kind of uh, ignored today is that there was yeah. a lot of good ass Atari games that got buried as well, not just ET. It's yes. just that Atari didn't have any fucking money, and they were like, "We got to get rid yeah. of this shit. I don't want to pay for this warehouse anymore. Fuck you." So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, we're bar- buried in a landfill. So there but, you go. yeah, the uh, so. Uh, Around 2011-ish is when uh, the next to most recent HD version uh, of the penultimate HD version came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then around 2014 is when the ultimate HD edition came out for the PC. And then soon later, a version of that was ported to the PS4 and the Xbox. And that's kind of where we stand right now as far as the history of Resident Evil 4 other than weird mobile ports and shit like that. Right. Um, So Resident Evil 4 is just one of those games that I know that Capcom is the kind of company that will port stuff just for porting sake. Yes. You know, this is the same company that, you know, just ad nauseum through the PS1 and PS2 era. It was just, here's another Street Fighter collection. Like, wait, (laughs) hang on. This is the 15th anniversary. It's like, well, you haven't (laughs) added any. All right, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) They were just making collections of everything. But uh, Capcom, uh, it's one of Capcom's highest selling games of all time. If you add up all of its versions. The only reason it's probably not their highest selling game ever is that it initially came out on the fucking GameCube. Mm -hmm. So that basically, that limited your your sales there, period. You know, Monster Hunter uh, was a world's, the one that's now their highest selling game of all time. The yeah, reason that it is, is because it's a, uh, it was at the same time and it launched on two consoles that had really good footholds mm-hmm. and that's what made it their highest selling game of all time. It's not the right. fact that Monster Hunter Worlds is the best game they've ever made or anything. It's that it had, it hit at the right time on the right system with the right amount of people to be able to grab it. Um, <laughs> but I think that Resident Evil 4, for its, for its impact might be one of the greatest games ever made, even today. Um, and I guess the first thing that you have to bring up, uh, what do you think was more important then? 
uh, in your opinion, do you think the way that it updated the way that this game played is important is more important or do you think the way that it looked was more important? I think the way that it played was more important because the tank controls uh, for that time period just wouldn't have worked out, I don't think. So you and think that only- the, the, the new controls open it up yeah. to an audience that might not have otherwise existed? I think the new controls opened up... Uh, I think the new controls were more uh, prophetic to the industry itself, but to get people in, on board, I do think the graph, the, like how pretty this game was, latched people on. I think I think the way this game looked brought people in and goes like, "Oh, Resident Evil's back! This looks amazing!" Because just the just the shots of Il Gigante and uh, the freaking giant salamander that terrifies me, like oh, yeah. fuck that fuck that thing forever. That thing gives me nightmares. Uh, like um, and. Uh, it like, but I, but I would say the controls are really what stepped this game up on uh, on like every level. I think. Yeah, so. and 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 the reason I asked that question is that like I it, depending on which day of the week you ask me, I would say one or the other was more important. Um, yeah, it's the best looking game on the GameCube. Yeah, and by proxy, it's the maybe second best looking game on the PS2, behind mm-hmm. only God of War two. Uh, from a purely technical perspective, it's just it, it's phenomenal. To look at, right? Um, it's but the way that it controls is truly important. So you know, we talked yeah. a little bit about this on previous episodes, but we'll kind of sum this up really quickly. Uh, so for the first time in the series, you had a camera that was basically on a boom arm behind the character, pretty close. So this yeah. is not a floating, distant third person God of War mm-hmm. style camera. Yeah. So this is yeah. actually it's it's not the God of War two camera. It's the God of War no. reboot camera. Reboot camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's other yeah. games all adopted this. Gears of War, yeah. uh, Mass Effect, yeah. uh, I think, God of War. You know, like all of them. So yeah, coll- uh, colloquially termed the shoulder cam. I think. Yeah. That's what yeah. A lot it's it's call it. right over the uh, the right shoulder of the character, mm-hmm. uh, which had an effect on a lot of the ways that this game would play. Um, so it. Uh, it gave you an almost claustrophobic so uh, FOV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so whenever someone snuck up behind you, the characters, uh, the enemy characters, had to be very vocal as a result. Yeah. Uh, because uh, you know, I I need to be able to hear them. So the game had a really great stereo track, mm-hmm. um, which I remember. Uh, you know, like even though it was only Pro Logic Two. Uh, on the GameCube, it was still very effective to let me know. Okay, there's a guy kind of behind me and sort of to the right. Uh, that's yeah. where I need to, I need to do my quick turn and point and just you know dispatch yeah. guys uh, right. because this game is its controls that let you dispatch enemies so much quicker and be so much more specific about the ways that you're dispatching people mm-hmm. is how they inform the entire design of that game. There are so many encounters where it's just I'm going to throw twenty guys at you right now. Yeah, you're super mobile. You're super quick. You've got a lot of options. But at the same time, the game is pretty demanding about the ways in which you are to control it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know that I know a lot of people that on their first uh, attempt never make it through the first town. Yeah, Uh, it's just I I can't do this. This is too much. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, which is not great in some ways, but also. I 
I admire when a game says, no, man, just fucking just bang your head up against the shore a few times and you'll figure it out. Right. You like know, play it. Yeah. If you're if you're going to die once and walk away, this probably wasn't going to be your experience anyway, because there's a lot of harder <laughs> shit later in that game anyway. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people I know that did that with a, with. Uh, a lot of games earlier too. A lot of people didn't like, could not get grips with the Ocarina of Time combat system. Yeah, it's I know so a lot different. of people that walked away from yeah. Breath of the Wild immediately, and I think they're yeah. robbing themselves of an, an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's just yeah, it's it, it's weird because it's just like if you if you sit down with a game, and I get not liking how something handles, like that can be that can suck, you know. Like sometimes you you, you pick something up and it's not the way it's not the way you're used to or something's off with the way that it plays, you know, um, I can get that like totally. Um, that's I get it, man. Like, you know, I'm not going to critique anybody for yeah. uh, finding that, that level of difficulty, them yeah. asking that much of the player that early as right. something that puts you off. Right. But, but, but the thing that's interesting about it is I think it also does the same thing the original did. Cause you had to get used to tank controls with a person and, you know, yeah, you did. It, it's it's clunky and slow and weird and, and sort of you know, stupid <laughs> and sort of dumb but but it puts you in that claustrophobic feel of you panicking trying to shoot a zombie you know that that was the whole point of it like you're not supposed to really have control over the situation so having 20 villagers uh coming at you throwing axes and you know stuff like that you have to like you know you have to get good you know get to, well and i i guess now's the time that i'd want to talk about one of the most important pieces of the control uh puzzle with this game is that yeah. in resident evil 4 uh one of the things that i like so much is that with it having that very tight camera every weapon has a red dot scope uh red dot sight on it mm -hmm. um so where you've got a camera that sits over the right shoulder which is naturally where leon you know that and i always like that they use two hands on the fucking guns uh mm -hmm. whenever you watch a lot of people run around with you know a pistol and they don't even aim and they just shoot it with one hand you're like, ah. it's the nice <laughs> thing about like chris redfield and jill uh and leon as characters that they're cops right i assume they're gonna shoot a gun like a cop would Right, uh, which is yeah. nice. You get this red dot sight, uh, so it lets you be very precise about where you shoot. Headshots are key in this game. Um, mm -hmm. There's monsters that will actually burst out of zombies that you need to shoot individually as well later on. And also, mm -hmm. there's a lot of characters that will have axes uh, or tomahawks or knives or sickles or dynamite in their hand. If you shoot yeah. the dynamite that's in somebody's hand, it explodes. He dies, and probably the, the other three guys standing near him, they all die. Yep. Um, if someone's getting ready to throw an axe at you, you can shoot it out of the air if it's already in midair, or you can shoot it out of their hand while they're standing there. Mm -hmm. So yep. you can start to, even though I haven't taken care of that guy, I've neutralized him for the time being. Yeah. Because what he's going to have to do is these guys, you know, it's really funny. You, you start to realize this later. Yeah, that, that guy's got nine hatchets in his back pocket. I don't know how he got them all in there. <laughs> you shoot out of the game and reach back there and grab another one. But it gives you time to assess the situation and figure out where you're going to go from here. And that's what I like so much. It's That is a layer of strategy that you never had in these games before. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly, it's a layer of strategy that shooters hadn't really had up to here. Because, you know, I couldn't shoot fireballs out of an imp's hand in Doom. You know, like that kind <laughs> yeah. of combat. It just didn't really exist.
No, no, not at all. The, the only thing you ever got, you brought up Ocarina of Time earlier, is that like, you know, you could knock people out of animations with a uh, with a boomerang and like Ocarina of Time. Right. But I yeah. wasn't actually but, taking the weapon out of their hand when I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, it's, yeah, that there's specific things that you can. And, and yeah. And that sort of thing like came up pretty regularly, like like after this, too, because like, you know, um, uh, you know, just just environmental, you know, changes you can do or, or you know, I, I, I get the drop on an enemy so I can knock the weapon out of his hand or something like that. And, you know, I'm sure yes, this game did that prior to this. Your character being able to change the state of an enemy character mm-hmm. is yeah. something that hadn't really been done up until this point. And then once everybody saw it, they went, shit, we got to do that, too. Right. Either because they naturally wanted to do it or the expectation had been created. Yeah. You know, like after I played Resident Evil 4, my feelings on the way that games should control and the kinds of <laughs> impact that you can have on the environment, that all sort of changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because this game was so fucking revolutionary. Right. Um, so that outside of like some quick timey sort of stuff and some cool environmental puzzles with like the blue coins that you got to shoot out of the trees and things like that. That's really kind of, uh, I don't think it necessarily does justice to, but it kind of explains why, uh, we're so passionate about the controls being pivotal, uh, mm-hmm. in that franchise. Um, right. The, the other thing I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the way that the game looked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. So point number one that I will say, and this is probably the only negative thing that I'm going to say about the game's design from back in 2005. Mm-hmm. I think this game created the brownification of video games. Yeah. yeah that, there, there's a lot of browns. <laughs> that is the brownest fucking game. I get it. It's fall and it's in a rural yeah. area and there's dead yeah. leaves everywhere. I mean, and it, it made you feel like you were in a weird Italian village uh, village. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from a pure pixel pipeline polygon pushing perspective, there yes. was nothing that looked like this. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, absolutely it, not. You know, it, when you start comparing it to a lot of stuff that was its contemporaries and like the third person action stuff, like, and I mm-hmm. liked a lot of these games that I'll that I'll state, but if you're going to compare it to like psyops or uh, uh, like Second Sight, mm-hmm. or uh, The Suffering, or yeah. uh, you know Freedom Fighters. A lot of these games I love. All right, right. And I'm not you know trouncing them or anything. But when you compare the way that Resident Evil Four looked and to what it was its peers, even mm-hmm. the stuff that was big budget exclusives, mm-hmm. you know, like all that third person shit, like brute force that they made for the fucking Xbox. Mm-hmm. Or uh, uh, shit, uh, you know, Killzone uh, yeah. one on the PS2. You start, mm-hmm. you look at a lot of what its competitors were, even from the big first party developers like Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Yeah, but there wasn't anything that, that came close. No, no. this was like the first time where, like, um, you know, digital faces started to look decent. You know, like the yeah. yeah it, I didn't do with not a speck of yeah. pre-rendered CGI in this entire game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't need it. So, 
Yeah, it didn't need you know, any it, of it. Uh, it adopted a little bit of that like Metal Gear Solid style, like talking over the, uh, you know, your radio, and you know they're kind of doing the flappy head stuff back and forth. Considering mm. this is years and years before we got any performance capture stuff, the characters right. look, even by today's standards, look and emote just fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, one other say about not playing this game in 2005. There's one mm-hmm. other spec that you need to just be mindful of when you're playing this game in 2020. Right. Some of those textures, even in the Ultimate HD edition where they replaced a lot of them, don't hold up. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's textures that have been changed and others that have not. Uh, so just, right. you'll, it, it kind of almost does a disservice to it because it makes you notice it more. Right. That makes any sense. It's like some of these textures look fucking yeah. awesome. Some of them, ooh. Yeah, some don't look good at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I truly think that this game... Uh, is one of the best looking games on the system. It has, you know, you'd mentioned earlier uh, the sea monster, uh, the yes. El Gigante, uh, mm-hmm. the weird Napoleon guy. Uh, yeah, uh, Ramon Salazar is his name. Yeah, Ramon which, Salazar. Which is also uh, the name of the villain in season two of 24. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of really good characters. I, I love the like kind of monks that you yeah. encounter later on at the castle uh, that like mm-hmm. 70% of the way through this game, instead of doing the Resident Evil thing that they had always done before of you'll end up in an umbrella lab. It's like, no, right. you end up in evil motherfucking castle. Yeah. Yeah. It, what? It's, <laughs> like it's it's very cool because like it's the first time stepping away from umbrella corporation and stuff like that. There's parts of that sort of thing around here. The other thing this yeah, game does really well. What's that? Yeah. Cr- Krauser is yeah, an umbrella agent. Yeah, yeah he, he's an umbrella agent, but, you know, there's bits and pieces of it, but you're you're pretty far away from it, you know. So uh, it also has escort mission aspects to it, but doesn't get bogged down in them. Uh, and you can just put her in a trunk somewhere and not worry about her, which is nice. So, you know. yeah, uh, well, and it, it answered an issue that a lot of games have yes she is just she's part of the like you know you have to schlep her through these stages uh, at the end of the game or she'll get grabbed and if they run off with her you die and you know it's that right. kind of thing um yeah but they they gave you a pretty good solution to some of these problems mm-hmm. if you don't want her to get grabbed put her in a box yep just stuff her yeah, in a box there's, there's, yeah, there are certain parts where you have to get separated and she's got to help you solve puzzles and stuff like that and she can get kidnapped mm. and die and yada yada. Right. Like, I thought it, that game was a major step towards where we're at now where that's how you right. end up with uh, Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite who's yes. a fucking walking tank. Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it it feels like there's there's precedent to keep her safe, but it's not like overbearing or just like uh, a complete slog. You don't feel like you're just like, oh, all right, let's get this over with. It feels a lot like how, um, uh, uh, what is that game that's on my, before, before Colossus, uh, Shadows of the Colossus. Um, Eco? Eco, Eco. I was thinking, I was thinking Nico. Oh uh, yeah, Eco, like the way that, that's, that game that's works. That's from GTA 4. Yes, exactly. So, you know, it, it, things like, is 
dog in the last guardian so yes it's true yes uh but uh but eco uh you know that that whole game's one big escort mission but it never feels bad because they have the balance correct you know uh the other thing this game does very well is the polish you have like these secret deaths uh, that you can trigger, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, if you found any of those, like uh, I think if you're just sitting on the dock for a little while and like shooting at fish or just looking at the fish, it'll like come out even, and kill you. yeah, it'll just come out and eat you. Like before you even get in the boat, it's just yep. like that was. I think that happened to me and my brother like accidentally, and it was terrifying. Uh, that's yep. probably why I hate. Probably why I hate that thing so much. <laughs> <laughs> That fight is really fun, uh, and that's uh, like you know, another thing that I I, I do enjoy about uh, uh, that game is that uh, so that entire boss fight most of the time in Resident Evil it's oh, I got to make sure I got my Magnum with me and a rocket launcher and a bunch of rounds mm-hmm. for it and all this yeah. other shit. You go into that fight, it gives you everything you need. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know it's you know fucking mm-hmm. throw the harpoon in his fucking mouth. Yep, you know, throw the harpoon at him. Yeah, it's like it. It, it tells you to it tells you to when to tap your a, tap A to get back in the boat. You know, I was like, oh my god! Like try, trying to get back into the boat while watching it swim back around toward you is one of the most terrifying things in games I've ever experienced. Like I don't like deep water shit anyway. Like that's like my terror. So like watching that little it's uh ugh, it terrifies me so. In a good yeah, way. I, I, you know, if I was out, uh, if I was on a cruise boat, uh, in in not one hundred percent clear water, and they were like, "Hey, man, the boat's going down. You got to get out." But like, now I'm cool. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. I'm just gonna hang out with the boat. Who knows? Maybe maybe rescue will get here in time. Right. I'm I'm not getting in the water. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not getting in that water. No, I'm not I'm not getting in that foggy water. <laughs> I'll get I'll get in a dinghy. I will. I'm not afraid of being in a dinghy. Yeah, I don't want right, to be in that yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I play too many video games on how this goes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean Resident Evil 4 is one of those games that, you know, with now with the rumored remake and all this kind of stuff, it has mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of it is. I, I used the phrase "sacred cow" last week mm-hmm. uh, to describe it. This is something that, like, Resident Evil Two, sort of was one of these situations, but it was also so old and had never been updated in any way that mm-hmm. it had to be updated to be truly appreciated by anyone now that didn't right. already have the appreciation. Yeah, it's. I'd like, agree I'm with of that. the opinion that. Konami needs to make one game. Remake mm-hmm. Silent Hill 1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, let people experience that game now for real. Right. Like a true remake I, of that game. I 100% agree. Resident Evil or Silent Hill 1 is one of my favorite horror games ever. Um, me and my friend so Chris. Creative. Oh, so creative. Me and my friend Chris just played through that it was one weekend i stayed over at his house the whole weekend this is when we were what in middle school yeah i think middle school when that game came out we were horrified by that game and it was so much fun like just just terrified the whole time uh you know just the the, the creepy things that would come out of that game i would love to see a remake of that first one like is, is there like a licensing thing that's keeping that thing from like 
You know what I mean? So. No, I mean, they're, uh, it's kind of just that Konami doesn't really make games anymore. Yeah, it's, I guess uh, you're right. Yeah. So. You know, they, they now the big rumor right now is that Silent mm-hmm. Hills is being made. Yes. That this is, a is this is a big time rumor. Take from it what mm-hmm. you want. The big yeah. rumor is that Kojima Productions. Yeah. Through an intermediary at Sony. Mm-hmm. Has made a deal with Konami to make Silent Hills. Mm-hmm. I, that's a lot of layers of subjugation. That's, and that's that's a right. lot of babies. <laughs> that's, and, that's some stuff to peel back. You know, <laughs> it's like we don't like, even know. Here's the thing: like no one's gonna ever want a Metal Gear game that Konami makes ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's gonna probably want a Silent because let's face it: even before. Uh, you know, K- uh, Kojima left. Yeah, PT like had people excited, mm-hmm. but Konami had been trying to make a good Silent Hill game since Silent Hill Two. Yeah, I mean, uh, would you say the room worked out? Did no pe- people didn't like the room? I thought uh, people liked. Right? I, I know there's some people. All right, so the most hardcore fans say one through four are totally fine. Yeah. I like three and four has some decent ideas, but really it's one and two for me. Right. Um, It's sort of like one of those things where, you know, about anybody says Mega Man one through three or well, two and three really are good games. Yes. And about anything after that is just kind of retreads. Yeah. It doesn't much table now. Yeah. Except for awesome voice acting. Hey, it doesn't. It doesn't get bad until six. That's when it gets bad. But like, but that's me. Uh, that's well, me. Some people like for a little while. Yeah. Uh, Some people like six. Some people like six and seven. I never did like six and seven. So the problem uh, after four is yeah. that they didn't just tread water anymore. Silent Hill took a fucking downturn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. And and I would honestly say that like the Resident Evil franchise sort of went through that as well. After mm-hmm. four, so four was so actiony to bring this back for a conclusion, I guess. Right. Uh, Resident Evil four was so actiony, and yes, it still had horror elements all over it, but that was it had proven its chops, a thing that nobody ever thought that it would have. It was a good action game. It was a right. great action game. So by the time Resident Evil Five came around, that's just an action game that happens to have some zombie-ish kind of dudes in it. Right. Um, they also like started doing this really weird thing where like some of the games were being informed by the movies and the movies were being informed by the games. So it was this weird <laughs> pollination of shit. And those movies are awful. Uh, oh, yeah. I, and trust me, I, I have seen all of them and they are awful. I adore those movies. They're so bad. I absolutely love them. I think they're just, oh, they're just, they're just, Oh, they're a mess. I love the one where Jill, or not Jill, whatever her name character's name is, because she's not in the games. Uh, yes, I, I love the one where Mila she, kick, <laughs> yeah, Mila, I love the one where Mila Jovovich kicks the glass pane and cuts the dog in half. Is that five? I think it might be five. I think, so. I think it's with, so. It's the one where they, her and the dude from Prison Break fight Wesker, and it's I think that's hilarious. Five. It's hilarious. So, my favorite is three because it's like a shitty Mad Max. Oh yeah, it's a real shitty Mad Max. <laughs> uh, that one's terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so, 
you know, Resident Evil 5 is just an action game. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 6 is an abomination. Yes, it's Resident real bad. Evil 6 is one of the worst games At- I've ever paid full money for. It's such a shame because it had a good idea centered around it, like bringing Sherry back from two stuff like that. There were like parts of it that were like, oh, this makes this is cool. This makes sense. And here's the problem with it is that almost all those ideas for all those individual campaigns were salient Mm -hmm. at their core of, hey, what if we brought this guy? What if we introduce this guy? What if we bring Mm -hmm. back this guy? Okay, cool. And I'm listening the whole time. Yeah. And then they're like, well, this camp, this game has four eight-hour campaigns. And I'm like, fucking why? And then you <laughs> play it. And it, so after the first 45 minutes of each campaign, you could tell that they just ran out of ideas. And you just do the same thing for another six or seven hours. And then also, like, fucking the part where uh, you've got to climb. It's like an elevator shaft or something like that. You've got to climb up. And it's like a quick time event kind of thing with left and right trigger. It's just mm-hmm. fucking broken. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I fucking hated that game, man. I fucking yeah, I hated it. I played through all the campaigns in that game and I fucking hated it. Yeah. Uh, that game was universally panned as absolute trash. Like it became oh, one sure of the movies. There's out there somewhere. Oh, probably. But it, it was, but most of the people that talk about that game were just like, it's, it's way too much like the movies. Nobody wanted the games to be like the movies. The movies are goofy, terrible, awful, funny, hilarious things on their own and they are strictly they strictly exist for Mila Jovovich to have a job because her hey, husband directs them. You know what? <laughs> I, like I don't care what anyone says. Like we can't sit here and act like the main core franchise is like fucking gospel or anything. Right. Because the the end of five, spoilers for the end of Resident Evil Five, is you finally killing Wesker. Yes. In a volcano. <laughs> they go real Tekken on that ending, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a real high Hachi ending. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the so I, I just I I had to get that out of the way. Is that like you know you can't yeah. just act like yeah they they've been straight laced all the time. No, not at all. There, there's always been these hints of like action horror type things, even in the first one. You know, you where they they subsequently just chuck you a rocket launcher at the end of the very first one. It's it's a goofy action movie scene, you know, uh, but it's sort of like just sort of plastered on top of this whole like you know uh, crazy adventure, and you kind of get that feeling of like blowing up this thing you haven't been able to stop with a giant rocket launcher at the end, and then you get to use the rocket launcher in subsequent replays, you know? So there's there's a cathartic amount of action in these games that have always existed, you know what I mean? Uh, Nemesis is like a ridiculous movie villain, you know what I mean? Um, stuff like that. So it, yeah. it's, of course, it's, of course, always it, it's not always that, but, like, like, six was just that one that, that jumped the line, you know, oh, yeah. it was like, this and is the one that, that, yeah, it's, this is the one that's going to like literally be the terrible B action flick instead of the B horror flick. And well, and, and the thing I do actually, I almost like about six is that it was so bad that it gave us seven. Yeah. Yeah. They had to reboot yeah. it entirely. Yeah. Just, they had to uh, just kind of go, all the way back to the to the drawing board. You all right? We're gonna we got to do something yeah. fucking different. This isn't working. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, you know, props to, to Capcom for over the years, like, you know, Resident Evil 7 is, you know, effectively the second hard reboot in that series. 4 is so drastically different than the ones that came before it while right. still honoring the tradition. And 7 does the same thing. You know, yeah. It's very significantly different than all the other installments, but it honors itself. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's you're, true to its roots. Yeah, you're uh, isolated. Yeah, you're isolated in an area. You're trying to figure out how to get away. You know, it's it's very different in a lot of ways, but the core of it is very much the same as the first one, you know. Very so, much. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, that's all I got to say about Resident Evil 4. What about you? I, I think that's it. To wrap up, I'd like to ask you, um, like, where the franchise is going right now. So we have a sequel. We have... Resident Evil 8, The Village, right? Coming yes. out, uh, which will uh, be a sequel, direct sequel to 7, correct? Uh, it, rumor has it even the same character. Yeah, okay, so even the even the same character. Um, so where do you think, because we're having these remakes happen now, we might be getting a remake of 4, um, maybe getting a remake of 1 done in that style, like who knows. Um, do you I think, think that's... Four- Veronica would be the only remaining remakes we would get, but I could be okay. wrong. That's true. But uh, so you have those coming. Is that where those characters now live in the remakes? Or do you think we'll get more things like that? What was that one with, with uh, Claire and Moira, Barry's daughter? What was that game? Uh, Chronicles. Yes. Could have been. Yes. Resident Evil Chronicles. Revelations. Revelations. There we go. It's one of those dumb sequel names. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Revelations 1 was Jill, and Revelations 2 is Claire and Moira. Yeah, yeah. So do you think we'll get more of those, or do you think they just sort of live in the remakes now, and then we'll just start um, this new, have this new franchise? I don't know. Uh, I think if the franchise stays hot, sky's the limit. Yeah. It's true. Um, but I think if it starts to cool off, yeah, um, you'll see them go back to just numbered installments uh, for a while. And if that doesn't work, we could be potentially in for a f- I, sooner rather than later. They've never done this. Mm-hmm. I think that entire series will get rebooted and we'll go back to the original mansion. And yeah. it won't be a retelling of one. It'll be a reimagining of that entire situation. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him past that, you know. I, uh, I think like I'm shocked we didn't get that already. Uh right. when seven was coming out. Um but they they found a vision and they went with it and I, I respect them for doing that. Yeah. Um, I thought after six, I was like, okay, so this is going to go dormant for five or six years, and then we'll get a remake of one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagining of one. Turns out, went dormant, got a new game, and a remake of two. So, there you go. Weird thing to happen. You were almost correct. You were almost dead on. So, yeah. So, it was it was about five years in between, wasn't it, when the new one came out? It was about out? five years, yeah. About I five, think that yeah. was... Uh, yeah, 2011 to 2016, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good with your timing on that. Uh, but that's going to do it, I think, Haas, for our discussion of Resident Evil 4. And there we go. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, uh, 
I think we we kind of we finally put a bow on the Resident Evil Four yeah. story. We've alluded to talking about it. We brought it in another discussion, so I'm glad we finally had the opportunity to sit down and talk about it. Agreed. So there we go. Awesome stuff. Great to have it, and uh, it's uh, a good time. There we go. We're done, man. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, this has been the Video Destruct Podcast. You can check us out at videodestruct.com. Check us out on destinationcomics.com slash DNN. You can also check us out on Facebook at Animate or not Animation Destination. That's my other podcast at Video Destruct and on Twitter at Video Destruct. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy. That's H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. I talk about video games, post some deals here and there, and uh, occasionally talk about pro wrestling whenever it's not terrible. <laughs> it's there's a lot more good stuff out there i think which is good well not right now because everything's covid uh you know the, the only wrestling quarantine. thing i have to say today is jinder mahal came back baby oh jinder mahal's back that's awesome i yeah. uh, i hope he does I hope he does well <laughs> I, do I do yeah i think he'd but, do yeah. a really good job of like the ic strap if they gave him i I wish that they reprocessed that whole thing. I think he could have worked if they had just put some wins under his belt, given him the U.S. title, and and let him take a run with that. I think they could have done it and uh, not given him give him a little bit less of a script. You know what I mean? And I, I think they could have run and made him into something like a JBL. But uh, I agree. I do. I don't think that they let they ran that properly. I think they just catapulted him to the top. And and if there was anything that was more telling about how rushed that was, was that they didn't even have plates designed for his world title belt for weeks. It just said Jinder Mahal just in text. Like that's how that's it, so bad. For the first few weeks of that, it just had the WWE logo on it. Yeah, yeah, and until they finally got that Taj Mahal-looking logo and finally put that in there, but that, that took weeks before that happened. That's how much they rushed that. It was such a bad, bad, bad game, bad play, yeah. bad, bad show, guys. Can't do that. Uh, but hey, man. man, I got a jet. That's all yep. I got for wrestling talk today. That's it. Under the Ring is done. That's it for this episode. We're out of time. We gotta go. Thunder in Paradise is next on TNT. Is it? I think. Mm-hmm.